Hey there, we're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hello, everybody. I am living the glorious spring break lifestyle. Would you like to know the wild and crazy thing that I am doing on my spring break? Yes, very much. I don't think you're going to guess, but um, I'm just going to tell you, I'm doing a puzzle. I just bought a new puzzle. Shut the front door. I will not. I even got a puzzle mat for it to go on. <laughs> oh, I'm kind of jealous. I want one of those big puzzle boards that you can like lift up so that mm-hmm. you don't have to hunch over it. And my puzzle is super cool. It is the four pictures from the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. You know, when you walk into the room and they all extend down. Super awesome. They're 500 pieces each, and they're legit some of the hardest puzzles I have ever done in my life. Wait, they're four different puzzles? They're four different puzzles of 500 pieces each. Wow, that's intense. 2,000. And they're crazy long pieces because, you know, they're long um, Mm -hmm. pictures. pictures. And they're also one of those things where you think you have it in the right spot, and then you're like, no other piece fits here. Oh, because it was in the wrong spot. So all of them are super hard to match up. It has taken me all of my willpower not to throw some of them across the room. No, I was just going to say, I'm so jealous I'm not on spring break yet. (laughs) Well, you can have my puzzles when I'm done because they've been sitting on my table for a month and they have got to be done, or I will throw them across the room. I'm in. I'll take them. I still have the escape room game that Lauren, you gave me after COVID, like during COVID. I remember that we met in a Best Buy parking lot. Yeah. And you handed me this escape room game that I haven't gotten to play. But over the holidays, I was going to say, have you guys ever done a circle, circular puzzle? I just did one on my puzzle mat. (laughs) The last time I did my puzzle. They're fun. It's so much harder with no edges. I was like, where does this go? It was Wait, wait, wait. There's not a circular border. Yes, but like it's hard to figure out. Like it's in a circle. She means there's no corner pieces, yeah. right? Like it's a circle. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I haven't done that. I haven't gotten that far. The same way I haven't done 3D puzzles. I think those would just oh, ruin no. my brain. No, I haven't yeah. done those, but I can send you my circle puzzle and you send me your Haunted Mansion puzzle when we're done. Deal. Deal. Switcheroo puzzle. The sisterhood of the traveling puzzle. Everybody, welcome to Real Puzzles 101. <laughs> All your puzzle needs here. I know, I know, I know. Okay, okay, okay. Let's move on into our actual topic today because we can't just talk puzzles, although I would like that. We are talking building your professional network, or as I like to call it, how to use LinkedIn like you're a professional. Because one of those things that I feel like teachers or lots of people aren't explicitly taught is how to network. And so as we're in the stage of like, Will I or won't I return? What do I want to do with my life? I thought we would figure uh, jumping into this topic because it was something I had to learn the hard way. And if I had gotten any advice, I would have really loved it. So before we talk the whole talk, I have a question for you two. And I bet I can guess both of your answers, but I'll figure I'll let you speak for yourselves. Otherwise, this is just the Lauren show. Um, Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Can I answer for Lindsay? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nobody's going to be shocked by the answer, but please. You mean that long silence didn't tell you what the answer was? My inability to go first because I'm like, please don't make me talk. Obviously, I'm introverted. I 
it, talking in front of kids is one thing, but talking to a room full of adults is the worst thing. I absolutely hate networking. Um, <laughs> just to be very, very honest, it is not fun at all. I had to go to a conference and talk to a bunch of superintendents and I wanted to cry. I was sweaty all the time. Not that you guys needed to know that, but I was because it's not fun for me. And Lauren knew that when we decided to do this topic and I was like, we'll just talk about my discomfort. So there you go. It is a very valuable perspective. I'm glad you're going to bring it up. And I'm just excited for whenever we do live shows because I hope everyone's just wondering how sweaty Lindsay is at all times. I'll have to drink. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That'll make it better. (laughs) Can I say that I'm an extrovert with like certain tendencies of an introvert? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've known you. I know know both of the sides of you. So yes. I am a Gemini. (laughs) <laughs> they, yes. That explains it, Lindsay's <laughs> face. Oh, oh, God, this is a whole different podcast now. No, I think I'm extroverted because I can talk to anyone, like a wall. I'm convinced you can find common ground with anyone ever. And do you want to know what almost everyone can talk about at any time? None Puzzles? of you are going to guess it. Puzzles, yes. There's another answer, and you're going to think I'm insane. Potatoes. No. That's my no. go-to, believe me. No, why are we talking about food? No. Are you guys hungry? I've had dinner. How are you guys feeling? Wait, wait, wait. Are you going to posit that not everybody can talk about food? I would like to point out that that is the sustaining life force of us human beings. are very controversial. Like you you can't talk about fried chicken in certain ways because I prepare it one way. My dad likes it one way and he's wrong. And so like you just can't talk about food. Or what if some, yeah, what if somebody's like, you know what's great? Pineapple on pizza. Like oh, people I'm have one strong. Of those I like. I too. I do too. But mm. people have strong feelings about it. There's really not a pizza that I'm gonna not partake in. Honestly, no. Yeah. Anyways, you guys. <laughs> in my experience, it's not food. Do you want to know the thing that I almost always end up talking to strangers about? It's the state of New Jersey. Everyone has some type of connection to the state of New Jersey. Either it's like a childhood vacation, a weird Bruce Springsteen obsession, something about Atlantic City or like an aunt that lives there. But I'm telling you, anytime like I'm like, what am I going to talk to this person about? Somehow it all comes down to the state of New Jersey. I'm no part of this kidding. Now, in awkward silences, are you just like, New Jersey? Or are you like, tell me about your relationship with New Jersey? Or- right. No, here's the thing. There are no awkward silences if I'm there to the point where I've been invited places because my friend's mom was like, well, bring Megan because then if no one talks, she'll just be talking. I don't even need other people to participate. <laughs> I can just keep it going. That, but on the flip side, like I really love being by myself and just sitting alone in my room. So I don't know what does that make me. A both traverse. Oh, I like it. Oh, I just made it up. Thank you. I definitely think that's extroverted because I can't do that. My brain doesn't function that way. Every Everybody's comments are me are like, she's so sweet or, you know, she's very polite because that's the extent of the conversation. <laughs> like I can't get past it <laughs> unless like, I'm prompted. Like if you ask me a question, I'll answer you, but I'm not good at like, I would be an awful talk show host just to let you know. But like, I remember the first time because we have only ever virtually met. Yeah. But you talked right away. Was it just because Lauren was here? Probably. I have. Or was I just talking at you and I didn't realize? 
Well, it's also helpful if like like most of my friends are like you and Lauren, who mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. can do that and command a room and you walk in and you just like you feel comfortable talking to whoever. And that makes it easier for me to talk and be funny and just kind of like flow with the conversation. You get a bunch of me's in the room. It literally <laughs> is like that, that Santa Claus two um holiday party. Did you ever you guys ever watch that? No, that oh. reference is lost on me. No, but they're all like just standing around, like kicking the floor, drinking their wine. Like that would be, (laughs) that's my party because I can't host things. Now I do get, and I, I'm assuming Lindsay also does. Like I do have certain social anxieties. Like if I go to a party or something and I only know one other person, I will be nervous about like that person going to the bathroom or something. Like I'll get to the point where I'll talk to other people. And if I'm at the party and I know lots of people and I see someone else in that situation, I like make sure they're included. But I don't, I don't know, I guess extroverted with social anxiety. I get that because I can be the same way too. I I can talk up a storm, but there are some times when I'm like, "Mm, I don't really feel like doing that. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about how how we are as people. So let's talk specifically about the word networking. What sort of feelings do you have when you hear that particular word? For me personally, I feel like it's kind of a cheesy word. It makes me feel like I'm in the 90s and working on Wall Street and I'm just trying to climb the corporate ladder. Networking, networking, networking. So I kind of hate it. But I'm also kind of excited about it because I like to talk to people and I like to make new friends and and meet people. But it it also, for me, has this connotation like I'm trying to get something from you. And I don't really love that. I was going to say the same thing. I feel like there's like a negative kind of association that comes to my mind right away. And like in my head, I'm thinking like shoulder pads and business cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then when I think about like going to like events of things that I'm interested in, like certain PDs and certain like conferences and stuff. I just, I always enjoy talking to other people, especially about like education, like ed tech, things that I'm into. But I guess in my head, I'm not thinking that I'm networking because I don't have like a, I don't know, ulterior motive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just chatting with people. But I essentially, that would be networking, right? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, I I think it's all like what you make it, right? Like, what are you trying to meet people to do? Like, do you want just to have these conversations and just know people in different areas of the country or the world? Or are you trying to sell whatever product you have? Or, you know, what, I think it changes depending on what your motive is. Yeah, for me, I hate doing it in a business setting where you're, you are trying to meet people to further your business connections. Like that doesn't seem fun to me, but on LinkedIn, like I like, I like to, I'm a Teach for America alum and I love to connect with other Teach for America alums just because I like, I like to hear the stories and we all have like unique experiences and that's kind of cool. And I don't have any motive, but it's always nice to hear like, oh, you were a TFA alum. Tell me about where you served and things like that. So I think it just depends. And I think what's interesting is that teachers are just as professional as any other profession. And this needs to apply to networking. I feel like in some sense, the teacher networking idea feels more one-sided. Like I follow people on Instagram, for instance, or like people, I don't because I don't have Instagram, but like the proverbial I follows people on Instagram or the proverbial person follows people on TikTok and gets their thing that way, but they're not a direct sort of connection, which I don't, I've only ever worked in education. I don't know if that's just an education problem, but 
Um, I feel like in other industries, there are big networking events and lots more conferences that happen over the course of the year. And so because of that, I feel like teachers don't always have the time or the know-how to share what it is that they're doing. So I'm hoping today that our episode can give all of those important pointers for our people out there. So with that lovely transition, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk all about how to network. Are you a teacher who's tired, burned out, or unsure of your teaching career? You know, we've been there. We totally get it. You know who's also been there? Daphne Gomez. Daphne is a former teacher who created Teacher Career Coach, the support system she wished she had when she was looking for her next step. Teacher Career Coach has all of the tips to help you think about resumes, transferable skills, and more. Check it out at teachercareercoach.com slash realteaching101. That's teachercareercoach.com slash realteaching101. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're going to dive in, and I'm going to start off with a baseball metaphor. So if nobody likes baseball, tough nookies. Networking can serve two different purposes here, and the first purpose that I like to call it is having a bench, which is something to draw from when you need it. So, Lindsay, you were talking earlier about like having this ulterior motive, and networking can feel like icky. Yeah, it can, but if you don't look at it like that, and you're just kind of looking to have things around, be able to call things up when you need it, that can be great. Or you can have somebody at bat, which is needing to make something happen in the moment. And I think that's where like that icky feeling comes from. But I think one of the problems with this, and and y'all can chime in here, is that for people starting out networking, it can feel like the long game where it takes effort up front. It can be really uncomfortable. But over time, I would say it pays off. What do you guys think? I agree. And I think another thing that stands out is whatever your level of urgency is. So I think right now, a lot of people in education, specifically teachers who are still in the classroom, might be, I mean, it's almost end of March, right? Might be in almost like a panic, like, I don't want to do this again next year and try to like panic network almost like let me try to make as many connections as I can as opposed to like you were saying like long game where it's like you know I don't have any plans to leave my job right now I'm just getting to know people that are interested in the same thing I'm interested in I was thinking about what you were saying and I think that yeah rushing and adding 500 people on LinkedIn is not going to be the answer that you want it to be networking can also be like Lauren called it like your bench like who do you know that's already a friend with you on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, that is in some other space that you would like to be in? I have a couple of friends from previous jobs who are in other companies, and I know that I've built a relationship with them and I could always reach out and see, you know, is this someone that I could use to maybe further like get an interview somewhere else? And so it's not always about like, cultivating these brand new connections. It's sometimes using the people you already know, not using, but tapping those resources that you already have and that already know who you are. So it's not as like, you don't have to sell yourself to somebody brand new. I was just also thinking that like, it can also just be for fun too. Like there doesn't always have to be like this big golden prize of a new job or new career at the end after. And I think we've talked about it before how I interned in TV, but knew like no part of me wanted to work in TV. Even after that internship, like I stayed 
in touch and friendly with a bunch of like the producers that I worked with. And when I was working um, in events in New Jersey, because I told you it comes up all the time, uh, I would have one of the producers just be like, hey, you want to work on this commercial with me? And I would do it. But like, it was for nothing other than just enjoyment and fun. And I don't know, I was glad that I kept those connections open, even though it wasn't going to serve me I guess, in a career, if that makes sense. What you said, I hadn't thought of, and I probably should have because I live in Los Angeles, and how can I not think about the film industry that happens out here? And I've got a lot of friends who work in that, and how networking is so important there because how you exist in one job and who you know there can often play into the next kind of job you get, which is a whole different type of animal when you have to live job to job like that instead of something that's on salary. But I guess that just goes to show that when you have those relationships with whatever industry you're in, you can always pull from them. So I did something interesting to help prep for this episode, and that is I reached out to my LinkedIn network for help. I actually just put up a post and I was like, hey, everybody, I'm doing an episode on this. Tell me about your experiences, your advice, and your do's and don'ts. So a lot of the tips and info that I have here, I gathered from them as well as my lifetime of being an extrovert. And the first thing that I want to say is that networking is all about quality over quantity. And Lindsay, you hit on this when you talked about adding 500 people right away isn't going to get you very far. And I think, Megan, it also goes to your point, which is having those relationships with people and having something that is in common with them. And so that's what I would say is the first off starting out place, no matter where you're at, what you're looking to gain from networking is that you have to have some sort of connection with a person. And it doesn't have to be an actual like, I've met you in real life connection, but did they say something you found interesting? Did you hear them talk recently? Do you have something in common? But something that gives you this context touch point because you don't want to jump in and just ask people right away, like, hi, I need a job. Are you hiring? Like, I see that you work there. Like, cool. Don't want to do that. And it's also kind of out of nowhere. You don't want to be that random person that just shows up somewhere and is like, hey, I need something from you. Here's what it's going to be. Having some authentic endpoint is super key. I'm glad you said that, Lauren, because uh, when I think about LinkedIn, I do have a lot of connections on LinkedIn and weirdly a large amount of followers. I don't know why. All I do is talk to you guys and then talk about talking to you guys. So there's that. But there, I feel like I've like strangely made some LinkedIn friends, like people that I didn't know otherwise. And like either I randomly connected with them or they connected with me. But like because I did exactly what you said, like I interacted with their posts because I truly either connected with or, or felt something about what they were posting and then, you know, got to know them that way. So like when we had Ali Fernandez with all like the financials for teachers, I didn't know her, like just like found her on LinkedIn. And then we just kind of connected that way. But I see a lot of people saying like, oh, don't just add people you don't know. And I get that. But I think if you're in the same interest area, there's room to grow there, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I would say you need that element to begin with, because you're not going to cultivate a relationship by just pressing add or just by walking up to somebody like in person, you need to have that touch point that gives you some sort of context or even like 
think about it and maybe this might be an icky way to think about it, but like makes you memorable. Like what is mm-hmm. the thing that people are going to take away from being with you or spending time with you and don't have it be rooted in something superficial, like your authentic self, some authentic connection is really, really key. And that can shine through in LinkedIn profiles. Totally. And I will say like an interesting touch point that I've seen used recently as somebody who does hiring is if somebody is interviewed with me, even if I don't select them, they often add me on LinkedIn. And that's a good business practice, right? Like maybe I did like you, but there was some other person that just was, that beat you out by just a little bit. By making that connection, you could be tapped into for the next hiring round. So that's always something to do. I mean, you, it may, nothing may come of it, but it is a good business practice. Yeah. So things I would say in ways to actually make that authentic connection, and I had mentioned this earlier, was did you read something that you liked and something resonated with you? Did you see them speak? So this is like if you're at a conference or something, and if you really liked the presentation that they did, that can be a really awesome way to do that. Or do you have something in common? Like, did you go to the same school? Do you have the same philosophy about something? Do you both come from the same town in New Jersey? Like, I don't know, but apparently that's the secret here. Maybe I should retitle this. How to network, a.k.a. did you live in New Jersey? What is your connection to New Jersey? (laughs) Right. But I guess that the hit point is make it real because if it's fake or superficial, people are also going to smell that out. And that's not the foot that you want to start off on either. So following up on that, I would say the next element of networking is asking questions. And I feel like that's a really like no duh thing to say, but this is something that somebody from my post had mentioned is like questions, questions, questions. And from a conversation standpoint, that's the thing that keeps you talking with somebody is if you ask them a question, they're going to feel like they want to give you the answer back and then you just keep going and keep going and going. So conversation 101, ask questions. So my question to you both is, do you have any go-to questions other than New Jersey? Um, (laughs) Well, crap. I always ask, so where are you from? Like, because hopefully I've been there or know somebody who's been there and I can start something like that. As an introvert, and I will speak for all the introverts because I'm the only one in the room, except for Megan's alone time, but everybody else is very extroverted. This is the hardest part, right? Like, I don't know what to ask. The questions like go away in my brain. So I'm very interested to hear what you two ask to keep the conversation going. Okay. I'm going to give you my my secret. That's not really my secret. This is the secret that comes from famed comedian, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld used to talk like when people would come up and talk to him, he doesn't know these people. They all know him, but he doesn't know who they are. So he would sort of be like, here's what I can talk to anybody about. And that is you ask them some sort of numbers based question, because they're always going to give you some answer that. So for instance, Lindsay, if your question was, where are you from? And you would say... California. Okay. Then the numbers-based question would be like, how long have you lived there? And then you would say... Well, I lived in California since I was born, and then I moved to Colorado two years ago. Wow. So you've only lived in that place you've lived in two years ago. That must be a really interesting transition, having lived all of your life in one spot and now only being somewhere for two years. Yeah, but I could already tell you this line of questioning makes me nervous. <laughs> Switch to me. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay is sweating. Yeah. Okay, okay. Or another example. So, 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 Megan, we'll do you. So, so, Megan, what do you do? I'm a vice principal. How long have you been doing that? This is my first year. 
first year, holy moly, what did you do for the rest of your life before this first year of being a vice principal? I was a teacher. Wow. And how long were you a teacher for? 13 years. 13 years. That's like being a whole teenager in like one <laughs> profession, wouldn't you say? Jerry, I would say that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now you've got your in with your numbers-based question. And then I, I have like my other questions that I like to pull from, which is, what's the best part of your day? What was to be the best part of your day about being a teacher? Oh, I like that. Crazy stuff the kids say. Best part of my day. Do oh. you have like the most crazy story ever? I do. Do you want me to share it? Well, maybe that might take too long, but I guess yeah. I'm just trying to <laughs> illustrate the purpose here is if you have some sort of like numbers-based question, thank you, Jerry, and it doesn't have to be how long you lived, but those are like kind of easy ones everybody can answer, but then you've got a jumping off point where you just ask them for a follow-up question and get the other person talking, but you have to, again, really want to hear that information and care about that too. So it's not just about getting somebody chit and chatting up there, but that's a really great way to get those questions going and to keep getting somebody talking. Can I tell you ones that I thought of right away question-wise? Yes, so please. Most of my life I lived outside of DC or then in Los Angeles and like Lauren was saying those big questions are what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Like both places it's all about your career. So I feel like that's the one I'm used to the most. But for a while, because in LA, again, I had no desire to work in anything but education. And there were times when I'd be at a party or something and somebody would say like, oh, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a teacher. And I literally had people just like turn away. Because sometimes oh. in Los Angeles, if you can't do something that's going to better their career, they have no interest in talking to you. Right. So I started asking fun questions. And my favorite question to ask anybody, whether in a professional setting or social, is what is your favorite song of all time? Mm. And I want both of your answers. Of all time? Of like, all time. You can only pick one favorite song of all time. Oh, man. I'm going to have to think long and hard about that because I have the songs that I would sing into my hairbrush or yeah, the songs yeah. that I would sing with all the windows down in my car. But of all time, all time? Mm, I don't know. As I wear my less than Jake t-shirt. <laughs> I, right I have an idea. Lindsay, what are you thinking? You know, I don't know. That's a hard one. That's a good question. Um yeah. Would you like to hear my answer? Yes. Yes. My favorite song of all time is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. And he is, Who is from, from the little state of New Jersey. I don't know <laughs> if you've heard of it. Oh, you oh you have. Oh, you used to summer in New Jersey. Tell me all about it. How long did you summer in New Jersey? Exactly. Uh, Do you know simple. my Anna? See, that's a really good question. And I like that. And those kinds of fun questions are great, are really, really, really great. Um, I Another way I phrase the um, kind of what do you do is I like to say, tell me about the magic that you do, which always implies that somebody has got something really positive. And then that's just my colorful personality coming out to play, which I find people will either pick up happily or turn away from because I'm a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, then you don't want to be with those people. Moving on. My next two pieces of intel mostly come from my own experiences of being on LinkedIn and what to do and what not to do. And so the first one is if you're not sure how to connect to somebody to begin with, 
comment on their posts, but do it thoughtfully. And I like to think of this as the old uh, improv adage of yes and, where you're going to agree with them if you actually agree with them, mind you. But um, but then to add something to the conversation. So what's the and that you can do? So avoid just being like, yeah, I agree with you. Okay, what's the value that comes along with it? And I like this because... First of all, it gives you context within the post. And then when you click that little add button, you can be like, I commented on your post and said this, and I thought it was really thoughtful about such and such and such and such. And so that can be a really nice way to start a conversation. For me, it, it, it's a hard practice, but it's so worth it. And in the end, and it really does like help you find a commonality that you can continue talking about. And Lindsay, I want to hear more about that because I think for like the classic overthinkers and the really vulnerable people out there, for me being me, it's it's sort of, I feel like a level of vulnerability, but I, I click the button anyways. And so at some point I'm just like, I'm already in. Like, that's it. But I don't have that trepidation up front. So as you shake your head at me, like, what's the thinking? And as somebody who has done it, how do you get over that? Because I feel like we also can't assume that all of our listeners are like Megan and I. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Lindsay's out there. So how do you how do we help the Lindsay's? Um, yeah, no, I am very much more like covert, like I'll like a bunch of your picks so you know I'm around, but I'm not going to like talk to you. Um, I'm definitely that girl. Lauren's just like up front in your face, like, hey, girl, let's not me. And so for me, if I'm going to comment on something like it really has to be something that I think I have, number one, the confidence to comment on. So if it's even if I like what they say, if I don't feel like I have something valuable to add, it's hard for me to go in and say, yes, and here's my opinion on this. So it's definitely got to be something I feel comfortable speaking on. I think a challenge for everybody who's introverted is to do it on things that you don't feel confident in, but you still want to be a part of the conversation. And that's really hard because you think I'm going to get judged or I'm going to say the wrong thing. And it's that same thought that like intrudes on it, like a live conversation. And even though you have time to like write it out, you're like rewrite it five or six times because you don't want to sound stupid. And so I think it's just doing it. I mean, worst case scenario is they don't reply to you or nobody likes the comment. Like it's not going to ruin your day. I mean, it might ruin your day, but it doesn't, it's not going to matter tomorrow. Like in the long run, that one comment isn't going to make or break your life. So let's just do it and move on. I think it's easier said than done for sure. But I mean, be like Lauren, shoot your shot. You never know. Well, but I also think I'm going to kind of kind of push back a little bit, not to say that like introverts shouldn't be introverts, but if the idea is that you need to grow your network or you want to grow your network, waiting in the wings forever and ever and ever won't get you there. Like at some point you're going to need to step up and speak out. And I know that that's hard. I'm not trying to say it's easy, but I want to acknowledge that it's hard and then encourage people to Find their inner Lauren and just say what's on your mind. I, and yes, I agree. Putting yourself out there is definitely a faster way to get acknowledged. I take the different approach where I just put the work in and I'm like, hopefully somebody will recognize that I'm this good. And at my current position, it, it, that has worked thus far. But like eventually, if I want to grow beyond that, I will have to put myself out there. And it is extremely uncomfortable, but also really necessary if you want to take that next step in your career. But also think about it from this point where it comes to like the practicing what you preach and mm -hmm. we're all either currently teachers or are teacher adjacent. 
And how many students have we said all of these things to? I just was talking to a middle school girl um, yesterday about how proud I was of her for like, she's very shy, but she, you know, came up and, and, and talked to me and another teacher about how she was feeling. And that kind of thing can be hard, especially if you're like a kid needing to go talk to an adult about something you're nervous about. But like, I think about it that way, like I encouraged the students all the time, you know, like speak up for yourself and, and go, you know, with the little ones, like ask if you can play with them, like go say you like that game too. And, and so we give our students all of this advice, but you know, it's not always easy to take it yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in the, the, the idea of things last around a long time, you know, you can always go back to it. It can feel like the classic overthinker conundrum of like, I don't know if I want this there, but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> You're all about the quotes today. I I am. I sure am. Oh. So slide into those DMs, people. <laughs> shoot, shoot your shot. Yeah. Oh, if gosh. you really love Jake Gyllenhaal, send him that DM. Or we for support you, you. <laughs> or for you young kids, Zane Malik. That's fine too. What the hell is that? Exactly. Like we're, wait, he's from than- One Direction. I that's think. how you say his name? I thought it was Malik too, but it's definitely. Oh, Malik, whatever. You I don't guys even know that's how you said about. his first name. Zane? Yeah, it's Zane from One I Direction. I have not been saying that correct. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's I've okay. I've definitely said Zion. <laughs> no, that's it's definitely Zane. Wrong. <laughs> definitely wrong. It's Zane. And I taught phonics. <laughs> and you listen to One Direction. Well, okay, that I feel like is a stretch. We liked a One Direction song. <laughs> Oh, I definitely know way more of their songs, but I also worked in middle school when they were super popular and all of the ladies liked Zion slash Zane. So. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, I'm Google Jake this. Gyllenhaal for our age group, for <laughs> all the young kids out there. I feel like that's old for even young kids. I don't even think young kids. Who's a young person now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably li- Lil Somebody. There's always somebody's <laughs> Lil. Little somebody. Little somebody. All right. Well, if commenting thoughtfully on a person's post or even commenting to somebody in real life, like going up to them after a presentation or something and and adding that yes and is really challenging for people, then uh, my next tip of advice is going to be real hard. But I figured I would edit out there in case anybody is hearing this and is feeling very motivated and wants to totally dive into the deep end. And that is to flip the script on what it means to network and be the creator, be the poster, be the one that puts it out there and has people come to you, so to speak. So this is the idea of instead of being the fish, you are now the fisherman. You can do that by showcase what it is that you're doing, putting things out there that show what you know, that can be presenting at conferences, that can be what you're experimenting with. There can be all sorts of things out there, but being the example and giving people something to talk about. And from there, people can reach out to you which is a little bit of a different strategy. But I bought into this one because I was really tired of like doing the yes and bit for a while. And I was like, I've got a lot to say. And um, that's how we ended up doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> so it, there, there is some dividend that comes with it, but it is a big, big step. I will say that for sure. And it is a lot of work to the point where I ended up taking like a big, long LinkedIn break. Cause I was like, I just don't have anything to say right now. Um, but it, 
it can be, like I said, a way to flip the script and have a sense of empowerment about what it is that you're doing, because then you're giving people a true insight into who you are and giving that context up front. So there is some dividend that comes with it. But like I said, it could be real, real hard. I actually find more comfort in posting than I do on. Do you? I do. Yes. I find, because I, again, I'm posting about something that I feel comfortable with that I've like, I've created, Mm. I have a strong enough position about to talk about. So then I'm more than interested to have a conversation and let other people come to me. Like I will talk to whoever comes up to me, but initiating oh. that conversation is is tough. That's so I, really interesting. I'm so so very glad that you said that. Mm-hmm. Everyone slide into Lindsay's DMs. <laughs> you can reach her at Real Teaching 101. Yes, I'd be more than happy to chat. I I am a very chatty person. If you come to me, I just it's it's hard for me to be like there's a person standing over, let me wander over and talk to them. Like that is a really vulnerable and uncomfortable space for me. And I know that Brene Brown would want me to lean into that vulnerability, but it's, it's, it is tough. And so on the other side of it, it's still vulnerable to post something out there because you never know what the reaction is going to be online. And, but that to me feels less scary than me voicing my opinion somewhere else. I like the idea of this and being in control of it, because I do like that sense of empowerment. And I know I had mentioned earlier that one of my goals is to present at a conference. And I feel like that just takes this idea and is like doing it in person. And I would like the record to reflect, I am in fact going to apply for a conference coming up. Because uh, I was just at a conference and was like, man, I missed out on my opportunity. I should have done it. So anyhow, but to that point, being out there really does showcase who you are. And I think that that might give people the opportunity to draw people in because they can laugh at your jokes if you have them. They can nod along. They can agree with you. But it puts you in that proverbial driver's seat to to have people come up to you if that's what you want people to do. All right. Well, those are all of my little bits and tidbits of information. Is there anything else y'all would like to add before we move into our anti-PD section? I say just have fun with it. Yeah. Th- you know, it doesn't have to always be serious, right? No, no, especially on LinkedIn. Like one day I posted a picture of my dog. Like sometimes <laughs> it's okay. Just, you know, Good. you don't, yeah, you don't have to be having a super serious all business all the time. Like it is nice to see real people, I think also. And my dog's super cute. So cute. <laughs> So, so cute. And I think, Megan, that comes back to something that I think is important for all of the things, but I think maybe in this part of being who you are and showing your life. And that's going to resonate with a lot of people because that makes you real. Okay. I love it. Let's end there before we end up talking more about New Jersey, Um, which I know we talked about Class Action Park. I would like to bring that up (laughs) as a reference in case anybody needs a New Jersey reference and Bruce Springsteen doesn't do it for you and Monopoly doesn't do it for you and Atlantic City doesn't do it for you. You guys, and also Class Action Park. Class Action Park and The Watcher House. The Watcher, that's also New Jersey. You guys, I'm telling you. I could talk went, to anybody about New Jersey. I've only been to Princeton and I loved it. So I could talk about that. Of course you did. That. Yeah. Of I course mean, you did. Beautiful. <laughs> what, are we, what are you going to do? <laughs> 
Welcome to our anti-PD tips. These are the takeaways we hope will stick with you from this episode. What's worse than going to a PD that offers zero helpful tips for your everyday teacher life? Nothing. Here are three tips we hope will help you build your professional network. Tip number one, make it personal. When you're connecting with someone, add that personal touch, whether online or in person. Give some context about who you are and why you're reaching out and ask a question. What was it, Lauren? Those number questions? Number question or whether or not you visited New Jersey, have a connection to New Jersey. Apparently, I'm I'm now thinking of all the New Jersey in my life, but I'm sorry. Please go. No, you're fine. And and I bet there's a lot. There is. This will establish an authentic relationship and provide something to get some more conversation going. Tip number two, if you post it, people will comment. If you've tried networking and feel like you're not getting the results you want, step outside your comfort zone even more and post something. This gives you a chance to show people who you are and what you're working on and what value you have. Remember, networking is all about building relationships, and that's a two-way street. It could take a little while, but the more you do it, the more people will come to you. And pretty soon, you'll be fielding those connection requests or your DMs that Lauren slid into. Y'all are making me sound creepy, but I swear (laughs) I'm delightful. (laughs) hey Anyhow, that leads into tip number three, be your authentic self. In networking, as in life, you want to build relationships off things that are real. While it can be tempting to bend your values, beliefs, or way of life to get ahead, it doesn't do you any good to pretend to be someone you're not. Be yourself in the most professional sense, of course. People will pick up whatever you put down, and while you won't be able to please everyone, the ones who like you for you will also be the ones to help you when you need it. Those are your three anti-PD tips. And hey, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn. I don't know about Lindsay or Megan, but if you need to network with someone, let me know. Please do. Add me me too. I'm on LinkedIn. Go to our ambitious ed. I think it's just linkedin.com slash ambitious ed, and you'll find all of us that way. Yeah, yeah. And and practice all these tips with us. We'll be happy to like coach you through it or let you know or just chat with you because, you know, that's fun. So we hope you reach out and have a lovely day, everybody. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101 at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed. Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next class.